0: He said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. May I speak to you in the name of the one who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. I want to begin my sermon with three brief stories from the past two weeks. On Thursday, my best friend celebrated his 29th birthday. I was supposed to be in Miami with him, but had canceled my trip because of the virus. And so he was spending his birthday alone in his apartment. Since I couldn't be in there in person, we decided to have a beer over Zoom to celebrate. And then as a surprise, a bunch of our other friends suddenly came on the video call and sang happy birthday to him. And even though one person was in Connecticut, two in Massachusetts, one in New York, and one in Seattle, we all managed to sing roughly in unison, happy birthday to Patrick in Miami. And when I got off the computer, I cried. Tears of gratitude, tears of joy, but also tears of fear and worry and concern for the friends who I love. On Tuesday, I played Go Fish with my three year old niece, Noelle, over FaceTime. And then we played Rock, Paper, Scissors. It was the cutest thing. And when we hung up the phone, I cried. Tears of gratitude, tears of joy, tears of fear and worry and concern for the family that I love. The past few Wednesdays, I've been leading morning prayer on the St. Matt's Facebook page. And every other evening, my wife and I have been leading services, um, evening prayer online for her church in Westport. And after those online services, I've cried, tears of gratitude, tears of joy, tears of fear and worry and concern for the church community that I love. I share these three stories to paint a portrait of what the past few weeks have been like for me. And I imagine I'm not alone here. There have been so many moments of incomprehensible joy And laughter, so many moments when I've been overwhelmed with gratitude for my friends, for my family, for my wife, and for my church community. But every moment of happiness and bliss has been accompanied by a profound sense of grief, of loss, of sadness, of fear and worry and concern for those closest to me and for those who are far away. And so tears of gratitude and tears of joy have been followed by tears of fear and sadness. A recent article in the New York Times entitled Grieving the Losses of Coronavirus powerfully captures and articulates this odd mixture and pairing of emotions. There is so much obvious loss in our world, our nation, and our community. We are experiencing we are navigating what it means to live in the midst of and be existentially threatened by a global pandemic. Stores and businesses are closed. Medical professionals are facing equipment shortages. The streets and parks and beaches are empty. And the number of COVID-19 cases and deaths is growing by the day. But the author says that in addition to the tragic losses of life and health and jobs, our losses experienced by people of all ages, missed graduations and proms, canceled sports seasons and performances, postponed weddings and vacations, and separation from family and friends when we need them the most. We have lost the predictability that we take for granted in daily life, the author continues. That there will be eggs and toilet paper on supermarket shelves, that we can safely touch a doorknob with our bare hands or spend a Saturday afternoon at the movies. There is something powerful about naming the sadness we feel from these losses as grief. It is a grief that, in the words of the author, is ambiguous. In ambiguous grief, she says, there's a murkiness to the loss. Gratitude is mixed with grief. Joy is mixed with fear. Happiness is mixed with sadness. It's both and. So at the same time, we can be both happy that we are able to celebrate over FaceTime and feel a sense of sadness that we are far away from our loved ones. At the same time, we can feel both afraid for our health and feel protected in the shelter of our own homes. At the same time, we can feel both gratitude for the creativity of our church leadership that has created new pathways for online ministry and also feel saddened that we cannot be together in our worship space. It's both and, both tears of gratitude and joy and tears of fear and worry and concern and grief. It might not come as a surprise then that in light of these past few weeks, when I read our gospel passage for today, I clung to one sentence. Jesus began to weep. In other versions of the Bible, this sentence is perhaps even more powerfully translated in just two words. Jesus wept. Jesus stands at the grave of his friend and cries. Jesus wept. It is perhaps the shortest sentence in scripture, but these words are powerful, haunting and profoundly theological. Our gospel passage for today is undoubtedly a story of resurrection, but it is also a story of human grief. When I read these words in the midst of my own grief, in the midst of a world plagued by a global pandemic, I thank God that Jesus wept. Because we are in a time of crisis. And his tears remind us that God suffers with us and accompanies us in our grief. Jesus wept. And in that weeping, he legitimizes our human grief, honors the nuance of human emotions, and identifies with the complexity of joy mixed with sorrow. I wonder if the tears that rolled down Christ's face were tears of ambiguous grief. Were they tears of gratitude for the life of his friend or tears of loss and sadness? Were they tears of the joy of resurrection or tears of fear of crucifixion? Or were they both? Was gratitude mixed with grief, joy mixed with fear, happiness mixed with sadness. Jesus wept, and in that weeping, he legitimizes our human grief, honors the nuance of human emotions, and identifies with the complexity of joy mixed with sorrow. Debbie Thomas, an Episcopal author, writes that Jesus' face wet with tears is a portrait of what real faith looks like because it embraces rather than vilifies the full spectrum of human psychology. When Mary and Martha say, Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. Jesus doesn't attack or blame them for that question. He doesn't say, how dare you ask that question, or how dare you mourn the loss of life. He responds by saying, I am the resurrection. And then he asks to be taken to the grave. And at the grave, he weeps. Tears of gratitude, tears of joy, tears of grief, tears of fear and worry and concern for those he loved. And paradoxical though it may seem, I think Jesus's tears are the good news of the gospel today. The good news is that it is precisely because Jesus wept that we have even the possibility of resurrection. And so it is because and not in spite of our grief, however ambiguous, however complex, that we have hope, that we have joy, that we have resurrection. Christ does not conquer death. Christ does not defeat death. He transforms it. He gives new meaning to it. In Christ, death never has the final say. So as we enter into the last two weeks of Lent, I hope that Jesus' tears break our hearts open to the beauty of this world. That his tears make us feel seen and acknowledged in our sorrow. That his grief allows us to feel the spectrum of our human emotions without stoically denying them. And that this gospel passage strengthens us in courage to be a sign of Christ's compassion and solidarity solidarity in a world that so sorely needs our love. My friends, Easter is coming. So let us remember... Through suffering, there is grace. Through tears, there is salvation. Through mourning, there is hope. Through grief, there is love. And through death, through isolation, and yes, even through quarantine, there is resurrection. Amen.